Welcome to School of PE Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller, and I'm so glad that you could join me this week. We are going to discuss topics about FE, PE, and SE, and we're also going to answer questions that will help students prepare for their exams. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the SOPE's weekly podcast. Again, I'm Chris Miller, and today I got Luke PE joining us today. So if we could just give him a warm welcome. And then, Luke, thanks for joining me this morning. And um, if you want to kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself, we'll go ahead and dive in after that. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, so basically, I am a field engineer. I, um, I work for an environmental remediation company called Cape Environmental. Um, I've been traveling on the road um, as an engineer for um, probably be about six years. Um, I've been a field engineer a little longer than that, but I've just decided to take it to the road. Um, so I've been away from home and um, currently I'm, I'm on a project um, called Pearl Harbor Sediments uh, Cleanup in Hawaii and I'm actually where the project has been put on hold for a month, so um, don't have a lot going on. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for the introduction. And again, you know, thanks for joining us. Um, I can honestly say I've talked to a lot of engineers, but I've never talked to one that's took their act to the road. So it's kind of exciting to have a traveling engineer. You know, when I usually think of traveling, I'm thinking of rock stars or something like that. So, you know, what is a field engineer and what do you do? Field engineer. Um, in in my terms um as someone that has a background in engineering um obviously um it could be civil environmental you know mechanical even even construction engineering um in in the company that i work for so field engineer could really be more broad than that but for for what i do that's that's um, what qualifies you as a field engineer but basically we provide field support um, to project managers um, could be an environmental manager um, could be an office engineer um, project engineer um, that works on the project just you know from his home or in an office um, and so a field engineer like me I'm 100% in the field I'm at a project site and um I uh, currently actually have a role as a site QC manager. So I'm a field engineer by title, but a site QC manager on site. All right, very cool. Thanks for that background. So before we get too far, you said you're away from home. So where is home typically for you? Uh, home for me where I grew up was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I worked there for a couple of years before I, I moved out to, to Philadelphia for my first field engineering uh, job. So are you a Steelers fan then, Luke? I am a Steelers fan. I'd say we're pretty lucky right now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say you guys are pretty excited. I don't know how they got in, but they got in. So uh, that's great. Not a good, not a bad way to send Ben Ben off, Big Ben off into the sunset. So very nice. So, um, you know, so field engineers, what are some of the, I guess, skill sets that, you know, are important for a field engineer? Uh, skill sets, um, aside from the technical um, abilities that someone might have from, you know, their school and everything, um, you, you one of the biggest things I think um, that a field engineer needs to have is the ability to work independently. Um, I am my own boss on site, even though I do have a supervisor. 
um, back at um, my company's home office. But you definitely have to be able to work independently. But you also have to be able to deal with uh, several different um, personalities. And this is going to change from project to project, even more so than you know, someone that works in a, in an office setting. So you need to work well under pressure, Mm -hmm. um, quickly and, but you have to have good communication with clients as well. That makes sense. So, I mean, you said, you you know, you're on the road, so you're always pretty much on the road, never really at one, you know, home base, I guess. That's correct. Um, you you know, it's, it's definitely project dependent. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I will have the opportunity to go home, it could be, you know, every couple months, it could be, you know, twice a year. Um, but you're, you're really all always out of your comfort zone. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, we've been dealing with this, you know, COVID pandemic for a couple of years now. It's, you know, it's affected everybody, right? A lot of people used to go into the office every day. They went remote. So how has it affected what you do on a daily basis? <clears throat> well, it's, um, it's been tough. Um, it, it affects the project. Um, not not always in a, a good way it's, it's been <laughs> difficult travel's been especially difficult for me being in hawaii mm-hmm. um initially um when when covid hit there there wasn't there wasn't an option to go home um hawaii is extra strict mm-hmm. um, as far as covid vaccination and, and testing goes and it, it remains that way to this day so um, fortunately i have been able to to come home oh, very nice. for the holidays so you say you the project that you're working on is Project Pearl Harbor. So before we kind of you know go into a little bit more detail exactly what that project entails, you say it's on pause. Is that COVID related or no? It's uh, it's not COVID related at all. Um, typically, the projects will shut down for a week or two for the holidays, and um, the schedule just the schedule just didn't work out for us to work right up until the holidays and. Um, you know, the following weeks here, there wasn't a specific a specific phase of the project that could be fit into the first few weeks of January either. So, so how do you like? I guess spend your time on such a lengthy pause. Um, basically, I just I try to get in everything that I normally miss back at home. <laughs> I I <laughs> I I have the option to to do work from home um, if I choose. Mm-hmm. But um, being away as as long as I am, I um, I really try to get in other things, such as you know visiting family, even even with you know COVID going on. Um, there there are other priorities when I'm at home. <laughs> I can imagine. So, can you go into more detail what your project? I mean, more you know in detail with the project you're currently working on, or sure. Um, so we are doing a sediment remediation project for the Navy. Um, our company typically does uh, government contract work. So we're, we're currently working for the Navy. Um, we're out on the water in Pearl Harbor pretty much every day. Um, there are times when we're not on the water, but um, we are actually working on remediating the sediments mm-hmm. that are contaminated with PCBs and heavy metals from um, we all know there's some heavy military activity in that area. So historically, so um, that's what we're working on. 
That's pretty cool. So, you know, usually whenever I have a guest on, I always ask them, hey, you know, what drew you to engineering? But my question for you is going to be a little, it's going to be two-parter, really. So first is, you know, when did you realize or did you take a direct direct path into engineering? Like, hey, right out of high school, you knew, hey, I'm going to go get my engineering degree. I'm going to be an engineer. Or did you take a scenic route? Kind of explain, you know, your path to engineering. Well, um, I'd say my my path to engineering is started and it honestly started with my mother, (laughs) (laughs) um, getting into college and everything. I, I, um, wasn't probably as motivated as I should have been, but I knew I wanted to work outside and I knew I was good at math. So I went into engineering and it ended up being a great, a great path for me. I didn't actually envision myself traveling this much. I never thought it was even a, an option, but it is. And most people don't, don't realize that, but it was, it, it turned out for the better for me. That's for sure. Well, great. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, that a lot of people don't think of uh, traveling as an option for an engineer, at least not in the, maybe the duration or the frequency that you do it. Usually, you know, yeah, you work out of an office and maybe you go to a job site, right? But for you, it's every day you're, you're on the road basically. So what drew you to that aspect of it, of, of, of as opposed to being in a central location? Oh, um, well, money is one, one reason you get paid better on the road. Um, hands down, you get better experience, I believe as well. Being in the field is probably the best experience you can get. Um, you're, you're getting, you know, especially traveling to different projects, all different types of hands-on experiences. And if you ever want to turn that down, it should be a lot easier to go back to an office once you're in the field. Oh, that makes sense. So how long do you think you're going to keep traveling on the road before you decide that you maybe want to settle down in a, in an office? Um, so I actually, I'm probably near the end of my field engineering career. I've um, with my company decided to move on, you know, in the next year or so to, more project management type roles where I actually will get to go to the field. I'll just work remotely probably 80% of the time. So it's kind of a good, I think it would be a good transition. No, I agree. You know, it's funny, like a lot of people think that, you know, project managers and engineering or engineers are two totally different people, two different types of roles, but they kind of go hand in hand. So would you say that the job that you do now has maybe prepared you to be able to kind of slide into a project manager role? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, being a site quality control manager and being under, you know, you're, you have your own agenda as a site quality control manager. And it's in short, it's basically managing risk mm-hmm. in short. Um, you need to make sure your project is, you know, going according to the, the specifications and guidelines that have been set in the Navy's contract um, and anything that that goes wrong there or any step that you might miss could end up hurting your company down the road or even, you know, the, the client. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big role and it's a good, uh, it's a good step into project management. Well, that makes sense. So, you know, I meant to ask this earlier and I just kind of slipped it. So, you know, you were talking about a little bit more in detail about the project that you're working on now. And then you mentioned PCBs. What is, what are they? PCBs, um, they're they're a big a big topic of discussion when it comes to EPA um, Superfund sites, and you know they they decide which which sites get remedial actions. Um, basically, PCBs are are 
polychlorinated biphenyls. They're man-made chemicals um, in the, the hydrocarbon family, but they're they're extremely toxic to the environment and humans. Um, and that that there is enough reason for for cleanup. Oh, that, that makes sense. Um, so another question is: so what would a what would constitute a time critical removal removal action versus a non time critical removal? Um, time time critical. Um, actions are, are more along the lines of like an emergency response type cleanup. Um, I believe that it is a six. So whenever the EPA decides that action needs to be needs to happen, um, if, it, if it needs to happen more so immediately, like within, I really think it's a six month window, you start operations, start cleaning up. That's considered time critical. If it's outside that window and it's you know, not actively, I want to say, um, harming the environment or, or humans in a, in a big negative way, then it, it would probably be more of a non-time critical removal action. That makes sense. I appreciate the, the explanation there. So, you know, you mentioned emergency response. So have you had to go through any emergency response training? If so, what kind? Um, I haven't actually taken part in an emergency response cleanup. Um, as far as training, we, we are familiar with it. We do a 40-hour uh, HAZWOPER training, which familiarizes you with hazardous waste cleanup, storage, disposal, all of it. So if it actually happened, and I believe we do have contracts where we, we could get called for emergency action, then I would be ready. Wow, that's good. Being ready is always important, right? So um, sure. <laughs> what is your, um, what's your favorite thing about being an engineer? Oh, engineering, um, and and this is especially important for for young people coming out of school and you know just trying to make it through school. I didn't know you know if I was on the right path, but engineering is so broad. You could do so many things. You don't necessarily even have to be an engineer with an engineering degree. You could do you could do sales. You could you could go into you know project management isn't engineering. That's that's totally separate from engineering. Um, you know, engineers can lead into project managers, but they're, it, it is really broad. I couldn't even tell you the, the different paths that you could probably take. No, I agree. You know, and then I always tell people one of the, one of the great things that I like about engineering is that every day can be different and there are so many different things you can do. I mean, you have everything from civil engineers to chemical engineers. So, you know, the, uh, I guess the avenues at which you can go down are almost limitless. And, and that's one of the great things about engineering. Um, you know, you were talking about, you know, school and the difficulties that some people may have. So can you, you know, talk about your experience with, you know, taking both the FE and the PE exams? Um, so I did, I did take the FE exam and I believe that was, you know, within a year or so of completing school, which I would, I would recommend taking it as, you know, as earlier than, than, than later, because you just need to be, um, you want that information fresh in your mind. Um, I do think the FE is um, more of a mathematicians type of exam. (laughs) If you're, if you know where to find the information and you're good at math, you can pass the FE. Um, as far as the PE goes, that's when, you know, it becomes more discipline specific and you really need to have a good understanding. You, you just can't study and get by. You need to actually understand the material, but it's also exciting because it definitely helps you be a better engineer. 
at least in the field, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. So, you know, let's say you're invited back to your high school for a career day. And, uh, you know, a senior walks up to you and says, hey, Luke, you know, I, I'm, I'm contemplating going to be an engineer. You know, I'm getting ready to start college. Um, and they say, hey, you know, what kind of advice or tips can you give me? What would you what would you share with that student? Well, um, ultimately, I think it be it comes down to relationships. How can how can your how can these high school students relate to you? That's that's what's going to get them. If you're you know if you really recommend being an engineer, then you need to re- be able to relate to them in some way. And you know if they have um, some background in the outdoors, you know if they're good at math, um, if they like if they're um, if they like being on a construction site. That's a big thing about being a field engineer. The construction environment is, it's a little rougher. It's a little different. It's not an office environment. Then that's, that's the type of atmosphere that high school students would be able to look forward to if they're into that. That sounds good. So, you know, you, you bring up something interesting. So can you kind of walk me through what an experience would be like on a construction site. You say it's a little rougher than an office, which makes sense, but can you kind of describe what a experience would be on one of those sites? Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely is, is different from an office environment. I'd say, I mean, you have to, you have to picture the type of people you're working with. You're, you're, you're typically working with people that don't have degrees, um, that, have made have been brought up a little different. They've worked as a laborer. They've worked as, you know, maybe an operator of a big piece of equipment. And these are the types of people they, they are. I don't want to say they're rougher because I feel like I'm rougher <laughs> than, than most people, but it's that atmosphere. It's, it's more of a down to earth atmosphere. You know, everyone, I'm not saying these people aren't, are, are mean, they're extremely nice. <laughs> it's it's a it's a more homey. It, it makes me feel comfortable. It's what you're comfortable with, and um, it can be especially rewarding working in that type of environment. Yeah, I appreciate you for sharing that. So you know, as we mentioned, there's so many different ways you can go about engineering, right? So many different paths you can go. Technology plays a, a pretty big part of engineering and uh, you know as we all know technology changes quickly there's trends in technology that changes so how do you keep up with the latest and greatest in engineering um, to making sure you're up to date with everything what do you what do you do um actually i um so i guess one of this one of these reasons would be another good reason to travel is you develop a big network a large network of of people that you can connect with. Um, I regularly talk to other professional engineers. Um, They may or may not be in the same discipline as me, but everyone can kind of benefit from one another in, in one way or another like that. Um, I also, I mean, I, everyone uses the internet, but LinkedIn is a big, is a big um, professional resource. And um, I'm also a part of the Society of Mining, Metallurgy, and Exploration. And I honestly, I wish I, I could go to more national conferences. And I know COVID has a big part in that right now, but I would definitely recommend going to conferences to network with people. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, COVID kind of took a 
a lot of the conferences out of the mix for a while. Um, and engineering, there's so many great ones. You know, I've been to a few myself, and they're they're a lot of fun. You meet a lot of great people, and, and networking is important. So, yeah, those are some good thoughts. Um, you know, as I was reading the questions for today, something popped out. I was like, you know, this is intriguing. I got to ask you. So, I see that you've you've written some um, research articles. So, can you, do you care to kind of talk about any of those that you've written, and uh, you know, maybe what is uh, motivated you to do it? Sure. Um... It's uh, it, it's been a few years, but this these were mostly done, you know, when I was either completing my my uh, bachelor's or master's degrees in engineering. But um, um, one of the first ones I wrote that pops to mind is when I was I I spent a summer at the University of Oklahoma, and um, there I had a an advisor who was a, a professor. He was really good at what he did, what he does. He still does it, but he does environmental cleanup. Um, actually, he designs passive treatment systems for the most part. Um, cleans up acid mine drainage type type uh, contamination. And um, I got to spend a summer down there. It was really hot in Oklahoma. <laughs> Being from Pennsylvania, I mean, it's a different atmosphere. Well, but it was sure. a super uh, rewarding experience. We took sediment cores we an actually analyzed them in the lab and um <clears throat> we wrote a paper and um i was uh, a big part of that and i presented at a uh, national conference the following summer which was which was pretty awesome yeah that's pretty cool yeah so i also did a, a master's um thesis um for a mining engineering uh professor at in pittsburgh and uh, we did we did a lot of uh, conference presentations there as well. But we we traveled, and maybe that was enough initiative for me to start traveling. Was seeing these you know going to these conferences, seeing different people. Um, there's a lot out there. There really is. No, I, I completely agree. And I ne would have never thought that you know entering in engineering you'd be able to travel as much as you do that, that that's pretty cool um but also you know with travel comes some pluses and some minuses right pluses is you meet a lot of different people you get to see a lot of the country maybe even you know parts of the globe but sometimes maybe some of your favorite hobbies or pastimes are not road friendly so you know you got to find ways to kind of eat up some of that time so you know what are some of your favorite hobbies or pastimes um so um coming from from western pennsylvania i mean i'm big into the outdoors i love um backpacking i've been on the appalachian trail a few times um and um camping um, fishing it's all it's all um outdoorsy type things for me but traveling has actually you know opened some doors but it's it's closed some doors but it's actually opened a lot more so you know, I've I've had the opportunity to see different national parks, see all sorts of things. Hawaii being one, I've I've got into actually scuba diving and free diving out there in the water. Nothing I something I never thought that I would end up doing, but you know, it's there, and why not take advantage of it? I agree. No, 100% agree with you. Um, so if I, I'm sure you've traveled quite a few places, if you had to pick your favorite. Where was it? Oh, wow. Um, honestly, I think San Diego, California was one of my favorite locations. Um, I was only there for three months, but it's um, it's a nice area. 
you have decent weather, you have the ocean next to you, and you also have mountains not too, too far away that you could actually make it to on the weekends. So it's um, it's a nice location. No, I agree. You know, California is one of the few places where if you want to go skiing in the morning, you can still hit the beach in the afternoon. It'll be only a couple hour drive. Um, now, San Diego's a great place. So I got to ask you, since you've been to California, you spent some time there. Have you gone to In-N-Out Burger? I have. And what, out and what is your feedback on that? I'm a California guy myself, so uh, I might be biased uh, asking the question. But, you know, what is your uh, thumbs up, thumbs down? What do you give it? Um, I have to tell you, Chris, I'd give it a thumbs up for sure. But the, right. the line to, to go through the drive-thru, I'll give a thumbs down. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. No matter what time of day you go, the lines are just ridiculous. Um, you know, it's funny. I was out in uh, L.A. just about two months ago, and I was like, I, w- I went to In-N-Out. Got to go to In-N-Out, right? So I get to the parking lot. I'm like, holy cow, there's like 40 cars in line. I said, I'm just going to walk in. I said, what are all these crazy people doing waiting in line? I couldn't even get in the building. <laughs> I was like, maybe that's why the line's so long. But no, I- I'm with you. Thumbs up for the food and thumbs down for the line. So, but um, you know, Luke, as we get close to the end of the, the time here, any last, you know, no, I hate to say last words, but any um, words of wisdom you want to share with the engineering world? Um, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the advice that I probably would have given myself. You know, I whenever I went to college, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to go to college. I I, I truly believe that everyone has um, the ability to succeed in college, whether or not you think you can, I mean, that's up to you, but I went through my first two years of college. It was, it was rough, but after two years, that's when I went to Oklahoma and I decided that I want to go to grad school after this. And I really need to, you know, start trying a little harder. (laughs) So I, um, I actually, I liked what I did. And as long as you have some perseverance and you can stick with it, um, you have to look at the end goal. What's your goal? If you can, if you can have a clear goal in mind and motivation to get there, you'll get there. It's just, it's going to be a roller coaster. Just, just stick with it. I like it. Those are some very wor- uh, wise words to live by. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, not only it just applies to maybe college, but also, you know, for those that are preparing for their FE, their PE. I mean, it seems like such a monumental you know, obstacle, but you know, you, you got the motivation here. You see what the goal is at the end. You just got to keep your head down and keep on trucking. So Luke, I've had a lot of fun with you. I'd love to have you back. You know, I'd love to hear about what else you're doing out there in the great state of Hawaii. Uh, But in the meantime, you know, thanks for coming out, you know, stay safe out there. And uh, again, I hope to see you soon on a uh, upcoming podcast to the rest of you out there. You know, thanks for joining and enjoy the rest of the week. Luke, thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Have a good week. Thanks for having me.